Our Bible reading this morning will be taken from the book of Psalms. That's found on page 557. 557. If you're visiting with us this morning and you need use of a Bible, they're on the pew racks in front of you. We'll be looking at chapter uh, 145 of the book of Psalms. We'll start with verse 3. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. Good morning. It is good to see each of you. If you are a guest, again, we welcome you. It does encourage us that you're here, and we hope that we can be an encouragement to you. With God, we can build stronger families. And this month, that's our theme of the month, and we have many things that we're doing uh, as a result of that. And one of the things that is a wonderful timing with that theme is we begin our inner city ministry for this school year uh, this week. Tomorrow night is the first night. We have many that have worked in inner city ministry and have built that up to be a wonderful ministry. Uh, There will be a meeting tonight right after church. If you have never helped with that or if you are a veteran of that, please be sure and uh, come to that meeting and look forward to the great good that can be done with helping uh, young children build a greater life. And as we build stronger lives, we build stronger families. And we build stronger families, we build stronger churches, communities, societies, and nations. What an investment it is. Also, we're excited about Family Day. There are postcards that are available at the information center that's in the center of our foyer. You can pick those up. It's only two weeks away. You'll be asking Bible class to sign up uh, for meal preparation. And so if you'll be thinking about that, be thinking about who you can invite. Invite everybody in your family, especially reach out to those in your family that are not Christians. And let's try to use this as a way not only to build us up spiritually, but also to reach out and build up the Lord's church. We'll have a tent rented that day. It'll be the largest tent we've ever rented, and we'll enjoy eating together that day. And what a blessing that that is going to be. We want today to wish all of you grandparents happy Grandparents Day. When we think about the gift of God's design of the family, one of the great, great aspects of God's design of the family is that He designed grandparents. Now in the future weeks to come, uh, maybe even next Sunday evening, we'll look a little bit at the wisdom that grandparents would share with their grandchildren. But this morning we want to concentrate especially upon the love, the appreciation, the honor that grandchildren have for their grandmothers and grandfathers. I want to begin by reading just a short poem that that when I read it this week, I I just fell in love with it on this topic. This poem to me reveals the simple but yet beautiful gift that God gives and the special relationship that grandparents and grandchildren can have that just seems like no other relationship. This little boy, uh, writing from a little boy's vision, says, I like to walk with Grandpa. His steps are short like mine. He doesn't say, now hurry up. He always takes his time. Most people have to hurry. They do not stop and see. 
I'm glad that God made grandpa unrushed and young like me. You can see here the, the many sheets that your grandchildren have, have completed and grandchildren in this congregation. And uh, we could literally spend 30 minutes going over those. And so I'll pick out just a few of the highlights. But one of the things I, wanna, I want to begin with is what they call you. Here's what they call their grandparents, mom and dad, mama and papa, nanny and GC and papa, grandma, nanny and pop, gummy and grandgan, and granny and pop pop, and grandmom and granddad, and grandma and pop pop, and Mimi and papa, and papa Jack, and granny Annie, and granny and harmony, grandma and da, da, nana and papa, mill and Troy boy, and ma and pa, and poppy and Anna, and gam, and poppy and gammy, and mama and granddad, and nani, and nanny, and pow pow, and KK. Now, what is almost as good as that list of what you call them. This is what your grandchildren say that you call them. You call them pumpkin, car car, mill mill, America pudding, every other name but their name, uh, Miss Emily, Turkey Buzzard, Hardy, Little Pumpkin, Cupcake, Spencer Rooney, Box of Chocolates, Little Star, Booger Bear, Lily Lulu, Mr. Wonderful, Wild Woman, Crazy as a Cracker, Honey Bun, Snickerdoodle, Dada, Princess, Bubba, Granddaughter, and Buddy. They had a long, long list of places that they loved to go with you, from vacation spots to books a million to almost any restaurant. And one even said they loved to go with you to Kroger. Another said to UT Games. And another said, when you buy me new shoes. And they mentioned many things that they love to do with you. And one of them, the little, one, a little girl says she loves to watch wrestling with her granddaddy. And another says she loves to sit and listen to you tell stories about when you were young. Another says loves it when they get in the floor and play with me and my toys. And I love any project that involves tools and digging in dirt. Uh, another says, I love it when Gam covers me up at night or at nap time. Another says, I love to ride the mower or bake cookies. Another says, I like to plant tomatoes and flowers. And what they love to eat at your house is also a long, long list from pizza and chocolate pie to fried apples to roast potatoes, gravy and ice cream to Graham's cracker candy at Christmas, hot dogs and marshmallows and meatloaf. And I know what I experienced in life, everything takes better at grandma's house, but they had some funny things that you do, and we'll only mention a few of those, but they like the funny faces you make. They like the way you snore real loud. They like the way you play bongo music. They like it when you act like a clown, and we won't mention who mentioned this, but they like it when you keep the whole house so messy. They've learned to, from you how to shoot, how to hunt, how important school is, why it's important to be nice to others. They've learned how to make meatloaf from you, how to make Play-Doh, how to plant onions. They've learned how to read uh, and, and how to, uh, what their address is, their phone numbers, even how to make sweet pickles. They've learned Spanish. They've learned not to feed the dogs chocolate. They have learned how to negotiate estate sale prices. They have learned how to feed birds, pressure wash, use a blower, a lawnmower. They've learned to laugh 
and they've learned to sing, You Are My Sunshine Because of You. They've learned to listen. They've learned their numbers, their ABCs, and how to spell. And before you get too proud, grandparents, she spelt that S-P-E-L-L-E. And, she, and how to plant tomatoes, flowers, and shoot a layup. And one of the grandmothers taught them that. And how to swim and how to do treasures hunt, treasure hunts. And there are many things that they would like to teach you. I'll just mention a couple of them. They'd like to teach you to like their kind of music. They would like to teach you even how to play with them even more. And they would love to teach you how to dunk a basketball and toss a frisbee. Uh, they, reading the information to know the love that these grandchildren have for grandparents... And then to step back from that and observe that to realize this isn't a coincidence. When we see the special relationship that grandparents and grandchildren have, you realize it's designed by God that way. That relationship has been special for not just generations, but centuries and for thousands of years. It's because God designed it that way. As a matter of fact, one writer, I thought, said it very wisely and very powerfully when he explained that in the plant world and in the animal world, there's nothing that is enjoyed like we enjoy other generations. And it's a wonderful gift that God gives us as humans. He says, the bursting buds of spring push off the last lingering leaves of the previous season and thus decline to have anything to do with the generation that precedes them and to say nothing of the generation before that. Among the animals and the birds, there is a somewhat an affection for fathers and mothers from time to time, but of the grandfather and grandmother, never a trace. But a man is so much greater than either a tree or a beast that a special factor is introduced into his training. He comes under the influence not only of teachers and tutors, but of fathers and mothers, but of grandfathers and grandmothers as well. If I say to you this morning the story of Ruth, there is a warm feeling that comes over many of your hearts because you know that story well. Have you ever thought of the fact that really in only these four chapters, there's three beautiful relationships that are described? First, there is that commitment between a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law that's so strong that even after the son has passed away, she refuses to leave the mother-in-law instead, commits her life to care for her, and her words of commitment have been used in many weddings. But then midway through the book, we see the relationship that's very romantic developing between Boaz and Ruth. And we see that he redeems her and buys her and her mother-in-law back as a symbolic act of Christ purchasing the church. The book would be sufficient to end there, but why does it not end there? Have you ever stopped to wonder why abruptly after the marriage of them two, their story ceases? And immediately the table turns to say, let me tell you about their child that is born named Obed and does not talk about them as a mother or father, but instead it talks about Naomi and says, then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. And then it talks about how the women came and praised Naomi for her grandchild. Keep in mind, she had no blood relationship with this grandchild. It was her daughter-in-law's and her husband. Her son had already deceased. But isn't it wonderful? Isn't it just a little bit neat? The way God chose this book to end by saying, I want to show you 
how blessed the relationship between a husband and a wife and a child and even grandchildren. How blessed it is to have that special relationship. In the text that has been so capably read for us, we read 3 and 4. I'd like for you to look back now to verse 1 and 2 that sets that up. You know, in 3 and 4, talked about the fact that one generation shall praise your works to another. This morning, as we think about the gifts of grandparents, grandparents, you're to be honored because of the roots that you bring to our family. You're to be honored because of the renewal that you bring to our families. You're to be honored because of the remembrance that you bring to our family. Well, what are these roots? For us that are Christians, these roots are in the very fact that our roots are in our relationship with God, in our commitment to God, in our love for His Word, in obedience to His Word. You see that very same setup in 3 and 4 saying that you're to pass this on to generation uh, below you, behind you. Can you pass on something that you do not obtain? You see, it's no surprise that verse 1 and 2 would come before 3 and 4. Look as he says, I will extol you, my God, O King. I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. Who are these people that's going to be able to bless the generations that would follow them? It is individuals that they themselves extol the Lord. You know, we... We know and we try to speak it often because we need to be reminded of it. Children and grandchildren usually do not do what we say unless we do what we say. Children and grandchildren can learn from instruction, doing what we say, if it is what we do. And so we say, well, who are these people that pass on the praise of God to the future generations? They're the ones who are praising God today in their generation. The word extol is to lift up, to promote, to esteem. And so here's an individual that says, I extol God. That's what I do. He's my God. He's my King. Now notice in verse 2, he even said, I'll bless His name every day. That's who this person is. The people that he's writing to, they are people that love God every day. Those are the roots that they're putting down in their life. And because they're parents and because they're grandparents, they're literally putting those roots down in the lives of their family also. When you back up to Psalm 128, Psalm 128, just a few pages back in your Bible, it's 551, your pew Bible. This is a short psalm that's only six verses long. And he's talking about the blessed life that individuals are going to have if they fear God. And it's here that he begins to describe the blessings that come through family. He's writing as if he's writing to a man here. And if a man fears God, he's going to have a blessed wife. He's going to have blessed children. And then notice the end of this in 5. The Lord bless you out of Zion, and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. And so here he's writing a praise of how wonderful it is when individuals live for God. And of all the things he could have said to say, let me tell you what you're going to experience if you'll live for God. You can experience family life the way God's designed it. 
And then to, to end it, to put the icing on the cake, at the end of this he says, you'll live long enough to see your children's children. What a gift. A gift to have an influence, to have the roots in the lives of your children. I love Psalm 100. If you'll back up, I'm sorry, Psalm 1. I love Psalm 100 too, but Psalm 1. Look on page 481 in, in uh, your Bible, in the Bible that's in the pew there. Psalm 1. Let's read the first half of this psalm. And I want you to think about as we read this, roots. And I want each of us to think about, are these the roots that we're putting into our life? Because if it is, that's the roots that we're sharing with our family. Blesses the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of the sinners, nor sets in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Now notice the roots here. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So here is a picture of a man that that he will not walk by, he will not stand, he will not sit in the ways of the sinners. Why? His life is planted somewhere else. He's planted his life like it's a strong tree, close to a creek so that the roots can go down and have nourishment. And this is a man or a woman that is meditating upon the Word of God, living, nourished from the very strength of God. And what they do prospers. And he's not talking about financially here. He's talking about in the things that matter most. And grandparents have a way of reminding us of that. Do you realize that even though almost every sheet here was filled out by by probably those 20 and younger, and most of them were filled out even by those that were much younger than that, Do you realize even in their answers, the reason they loved their grandparents was because their grandparents was able to help them enjoy relationships. I don't know if this is exactly the way God designed it to be, but I think this is the way it is today. Sometimes as parents, we get so caught up in trying to make a living and trying to provide the financial things that sometimes we probably do to our children seem so rushed. And isn't it wonderful that God in His plan places another generation in there that says, hey, I can help teach the grandchildren a little bit slower pace. I can help teach them maybe some things about relationships that the parents, because where they are in their life, they're having a hard time communicating that right now in their actions. God's plan is so beautiful because the roots that grandparents put down in their life They're appreciated by grandchildren. And most of the time, they're not overlooked. But also, not only is it the roots, but notice the renewal as we go back to that verse that was so capably read earlier. Look again at Psalm 145 and look at verse 4 and think about the power of this that God says to us, One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts God's plan is for us to have a heavy influence upon the next generation. And for grandparents, it's easy to do. Because God has designed in the plan of the family for grandchildren to look up with great respect to grandparents. Your influence is powerful. The confidence that you put in grandchildren, that confidence is very, very powerful. I want to read to you what a few of your grandchildren have said just to help us 
put some legs on this lesson to say, what does this look like in real life? Do you want to renew the next generation? Think with me for just a moment. If a generation gets off track, we've talked about oftentimes the fact it only takes one generation for the truth to be lost. It also, in the positive sense, only takes one generation for great things to happen. But what's the hope if one generation goes off track? Well, in God's plan, the hope is there's still the generation before them. There's still the grandparents. In this audience, there would be many people that would be able to say, my faith goes back to a great point in the lives of my grandparents. Many of us perhaps did not have, grand, did not have parents that were our strong anchor in our faith. But we had those grandparents. See the blessing that it is. And so when we think about renewing and we think, well, what do we want to make sure that doesn't die out in one generation? We don't want our love for God, our love for the church, our love for righteous and, and Christian conduct. We don't want those things to die out from one generation to another. And so grandparents have that opportunity to renew those very things that are of the greatest importance, even in the lives of their grandchildren. For example, when we said, hey, what is it that you've learned from your grandparents? Brennan Campbell said about her grandparents, the Cronks, says, I've learned about good church leadership. I've learned how to be a good Christian wife and mother. I've learned modesty. And I've loved the times that we've had family meals together. Now think about, we reap what we sow. What are you sowing in the lives of your grandchildren? Because we reap what we sow. Or, or think about Dylan Austin, that also is a grandson of the Cronks, says, I learned morality. I learned guitar. I learned serving in front of people. In other words, leadership. What we sow, we reap. Zach Lloyd says, I learned to pray before I eat, and I've learned about the Bible from my grandparents. Look at the next slide as we think about the love for God's Word. Are we raising our grandchildren in such a way that they would love God and love His Word? Mary Catherine Willoughby appreciates her grandparents taking her to Meals on Wheels. Emily Shannon appreciates the teachings that they gave her that even a child is known by his doings, which is out of Proverbs, which is no surprise from my dad. Also, she says, I need to study my Bible more because when I compare myself to them, I realize how much more they know. And she says, I learned how to cook. Marcus Cantrell appreciates that his grandparents have taught him to read and to sing God songs. Seth Miller appreciates about his grandparents that he's learned from them to be kind to your sister and know how important the love of God is. And then Ethan Douglas mentions about his grandparents. They've taught me to love and to care for one another. Kaylee says they've taught me to be responsible and kind and helpful. Julianne says they've taught me to never judge a book by its cover, but be nice to one another. And when you get mad, to talk about it. Friends, don't you think that those things are part of God's plan? Where God says, I want one generation to praise me and to pass those things on to the next generation. Grandparents are a time of renewal. The things that are of great worth to you, make sure that you plant those seeds deep. Not only in your own life, but also in the lives of your grandchildren. But finally this morning, grandparents are a powerful gift because of the remembrance that they bring. Look deeper in that same chapter, 145 and verse 7. 145 and verse 7, they shall utter, this is the people, when he says they, this is in the same paragraph of those people that's going to pass down to the next generation. 
He says, they shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. Not on the slide, but when you skip down to verse 12, he says, to make known the sons of God. In verse 15, he says, and the eyes of all look expectantly to you and shall give them their food in due season. What's the point? I love back in 7 where he says, the memory of your great goodness. Can you imagine the children of Israel? Those that maybe were 10 or 15 years old when they passed between the waters and they were delivered from slavery. Can you imagine when they had grandchildren and the grandchildren gather around and they say, tell us again, tell us that story. And can you imagine them talking about living through the ten plagues, crossing on the dry land and, and seeing the Egyptians slain by the water? What were they doing? Those grandparents were telling the memory of the great goodness of God. If you're a grandparent and you're a faithful Christian, I hope that you're real often sharing your remembrances of the impact of the great good that God has done in your life. I hope you're sharing often with your grandchildren about what you remember about how God has blessed your life. Grandparents, some of the greatest things that God gives us is the design of the family to have grandparents. What I'd give to just have five minutes sitting on the front porch again with my grandparents. If you've been blessed with godly grandparents, you know the roots. You know the renewal. And you know the remembrance. How godly grandparents have a way of tugging you back toward God even long after they are deceased. We honor you today and we honor God's plan. What's interesting though as we extend the invitation is that God has no grandchildren. God wants you to serve Him not through another generation, but to serve Him directly. We're not going to ride to heaven on the coattails of our grandparents. We can appreciate the faith that they have sown as seeds into our lives. But eventually we have to say, I want God to be my father. Not just the father of my grandparents or my parents, but my father. If you've never been adopted by God, why not... Allow yourself today. He wants to. If you're a believer that's willing to repent of sins and confess before men, won't you be baptized for the remission of your sins? Maybe you've done that. and Along the way, you've lost that way and you've left your father and you want to come back to that family today. I tell you, there's a church family here that will rejoice with you. And there's a heavenly father that will rejoice. And we'll all have open arms. If we can help you in any way, come as we stand, as we sing.